0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to Creator Talks. I'm your host, Christopher Calloway. On today's episode, my guest is Jay Farber. Jay is the writer of Elsewhere, being published by Image Comics. It is coming out on August 2nd. Now, Jay has written a story about Amelia Earhart. What happened to her after she disappeared? Now, this is not a serious look into what happened to Amelia Earhart after her disappearance. No, this is an action and adventure comic book, and it is illustrated by Sumaye Keskin. And this is the solicitation found on Image's website for issue number one. Mysteriously transported to a strange new world, filled with flying beasts and alien civilizations, Amelia desperately struggles to return home. Along the way, she forges alliances and makes enemies as she goes from aviator to freedom fighter in a rebellion against a merciless warlord. How about that? So the art, as I said, is by Soumaye Kesgin, and Soumaye also does the cover. There's also a variant cover by Andrew Robinson that'll be available. And it's all just 3 dollars Besides Jay's work in comics on Elsewhere and Copperhead, his other book, he also writes stories for Hollywood television shows, including Zoo, returning to CBS for its third season. Jay and I talk a lot about Elsewhere, his television work for Zoo, and also some other things, including my rest and relaxation questions. What does he do to kick back? What is his island book? And what is Jay's beverage of choice? Let's talk to Jay and find out now, here now on Creator Talks. Jay, welcome to Creator Talks. Thanks. Great to be here. It's exciting to have you here because your book features Amelia Earhart as the heroine the book, Elsewhere. And did you hear about the History Channel Lost Evidence episode? I did. Did you yes. see it? Did you watch it? I did. You did? I, I did. I started it, got through about 20 minutes to get a chance to finish it. Uh, what did you think?
1: Honestly, it wasn't that persuasive. And, and I don't know if you saw the follow-up that was making the rounds online, but the, oh, yes. the the photograph that they made a lot to do about on that History Channel special was pretty easily debunked. Uh, a couple days after it aired. By a Japanese blogger. <laughs> yes, yes. So it was much ado about nothing. <laughs> really?
0: Yeah, the photograph was uh, actually from a book that was published two years prior to her right. disappearance. And the right. photograph, they believe, might be from the late 20s, early 30s even? Oh, wow. Yeah, and the facial recognition was kind of cool, but I'm like, that's kind of a smudgy, blurry photo. It, I mean,
1: Yeah, it was cool, but it really seemed like they were trying... Like, like they really were looking for the results they wanted. They weren't really being objective. Uh,
0: that's exactly what I was yeah. thinking. You'll see what you want to see. If, you're, if that's what you want yes. to conclude, then you will yep. reach that conclusion. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but totally. the, the, the timing is interesting because that special came out and your book is coming out because, well, it's been 80 years since she's disappeared.
1: Yes. Yeah, the timing was incredible for us. Uh, just in terms of uh, PR-wise, we really lucked out. Did you plan that? Was that really? Nope. (laughs) Really? (laughs) I I wish I could take credit for the History Channel, but uh, no, I can't do it.
0: Your first comic, I believe, if I'm correct, was What If? 114?
1: Uh, Yes. Yes, that is my first comic. That was like Secret
0: Wars 25 years later? Yes. I did did read the original Secret Wars, and I really enjoyed that. I did get a chance Mm -hmm. to read your story, but this story that's coming up now elsewhere is sort of a what if, in a way. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're totally right and when i saw the name elsewhere it kind of reminded me of dc's alternate universe else worlds
1: oh yeah yeah
0: so i yeah. are you were you a fan of i mean obviously you wrote a what
1: if story but were you a fan of the what if stories and of the else worlds uh, stories you know they it would depend on the concept i think i i wasn't a huge fan only because i was the classic comic book fan that uh i wanted the stories to matter uh, you know, that old that old belief that, that if they were what-ifs and out of continuity, that didn't really matter, quote-unquote, to uh, to the narrative. Uh, I don't quite feel that way anymore, but at the time when those books were published, you know, if it was a really cool what-if, uh, a really cool premise, I might check it out. But I wasn't a, a regular reader of, of either what-if or Elseworlds.
0: Yeah, when they first started out with what-if in the mid-'70s, a lot mm-hmm. of ideas that people talked about, just back and forth, letters and stuff— yeah. They were the best ones that came out. Like, what if Spider-Man did join the Fantastic Four? What if Daredevil did get his site back? You know, yeah, you can yep. kind of run out of those really hot ideas pretty soon.
1: And yeah, you start yeah. kind
0: of looking. The only one that really, as far as I can recall, made it into the continuity was the um, Spider-Girl. What if that actually turned yes. into a series? Yes,
1: yeah, that was a good yep. one. And we there, there was a time where we were we had been approached about doing a. Uh, like a sequel uh, to, to our issue. There was talk about turning the, the Secret Wars thing into a series as well, but it never really manifested. We, uh-huh. I think I wrote like a treatment for it, and and Greg Shigel, the artist, did some more sketches for some additional characters, but didn't really go beyond that.
0: Well, for this book, Elsewhere, what level of research did you find necessary to do in order to capture the mannerisms and speech of Amelia Earhart? Did you check out old newsreels? Um thank God on YouTube uh, I, now, I it's easier.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't go to that extreme. Uh I I researched her history and her life story to a degree uh and also just kind of researched uh you know slaying of, of that that time period and stuff uh cuz it's really it's it's just taking kind of a uh a, a character sketch of her and and moving forward with it. So I, I wanted to be informed about what kind of person she was but because the story is so fictionalized uh you know we're we're able to take liberties of course
0: i did pick up you did use i think the word hooskow in there yes (laughs) so i was like ah, you got the
1: you got the language down (laughs) good yeah 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 thank you for noticing
0: (laughs) now it's interesting that you chose to go in the direction of fantasy Rather than speculating on what may have actually happened and try to write some kind of action adventure, it is an action adventure, but mm-hmm. one that's yeah. more reality based. This one gets more into fantasy. So why did you choose to go that route?
1: Uh, it was kind of I, I came about it from from kind of a different approach. I wanted I set out to do a fantasy book, something that would really allow uh, my partner, uh, co creator uh, Sumaye Keskin, to really cut loose on the visuals. And then I was looking for a way to, uh, a way in for the audience to, to kind of ground a fantasy book. And I thought that having a human from, uh, from, from earth in this fantasy realm would be interesting. And then I hit on the idea of, well, what if it's Amelia Earhart? What if that's what really happened to her? What if she's our way into this story? Uh, and then, you know, I really just, I uh, hit the ground running with that idea and, and Sumaya really liked it as well. Uh, and, yeah, off we went.
0: Well, it's a lot of fun to read. It's visually very exciting. And there are little nods and homages to other sci-fi films. I read the first issue, and I'm not going to spoil it. I never spoil issues on the show, of course. That we're here to promote the book. But suffice to say, there's a surprise when you turn that final page of yeah. the book. And it was the last thing I was expecting to see. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man. That's, I, was like, that's, I was like, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. But readers – be prepared to have your mind blown when you read this book. That last page, the reveal—you know, there's, there's, you're gonna have a lot of fun with this. So people are gonna really, I think, be excited about that, and you're gonna hear a lot of buzz. I, about I it. hope
1: so. I hope so. It's, it's been, it's been tough to keep in lid on on that other aspect of the book, but I think, I think we'll be better for it. I think people will really get a kick out of it when they read it.
0: I, I hate when things get spoiled like that, or somebody throws it yeah. up online. It's like, why are you ruining it for yep. everyone? And not even that when they don't hide it. In the yeah. articles, like there's a spoiler in here, it's just like headlines, right. like why? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know it's, it's infuriating.
0: Well, it's infuriating for the creators because they're well, they, they like to sell their book and have people read it, but right. for, as a reader, I want to be surprised. I like that yeah. surprise. Um, yep, I, I just yep. saw Spider Man Homecoming over the weekend, mm-hmm. and I always wait past the first week, so it's not quite so busy, right? And right. I'm telling you, one of the best. Marvel films I've seen top five, yeah, no question. It was,
1: it was terrific. You, you had a yeah. chance to
0: see it? Oh, good. Yep. Yep. Well, and I stayed away from spoilers. I just didn't read articles. Right. Um, I knew who was in it. Um, right. You know, but other than that, I didn't want to know anything else. And yeah. you know, like the the um, those um, end credits scenes, mm-hmm. mid credits scenes. Yep, I knew yep. nothing about them. Yeah, same here. And I was so happy I didn't when I saw them because they yeah. were great.
1: Yeah, it was delightful. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, folks, just. Take it from me, read it, let yourself be surprised. It's a much better experience.
1: <laughs> yeah, agreed.
0: Would you tell me a bit about your partnership with Soumaye? Uh She worked on The Rise of Magic. That was a top cow book. Right. They published it. How, what kind of partnership do you two have working on this uh, series?
1: Uh, you know, I, I came across her stuff online and was just really taken with it and reached out to her to see if if she wanted to collaborate on something. And we ended up with Elsewhere. Uh, and it's it's really I let her visuals kind of drive a lot of the book. Uh, the kind of the look of this fantasy world, Corvath, uh, just comes from her sketchbook of, of just things she had sketched and sent to me. And I thought, well, that's a cool way to a cool look for this world and something we can build off of. And, uh, uh, and, and the, the, the character designs for everyone from Amelia to her partner, Fred, to, to the, the new characters they meet, uh, was all up to her. And I think she's done a great job of capturing Amelia's likeness without it looking photo referenced. And, and we, I, I write a full script for her, which has, you know, panel breakdowns and dialogue, uh, because she asked for it. I, I was, I would have been comfortable just doing a loose plot to let her control more of the visual storytelling. But but she said she'd prefer a full script so that she has dialogue and, and knows how the characters should be acting in each panel and, and through the script. Uh, and it's worked out really well. I mean, she, she brings it to life beautifully. Uh, so it's been a, a great partnership.
0: So in that sense, it's almost like writing a television script where you're setting up the camera shots, the dialogue. Yes. Not too tightly, though. And the being in this fantasy world, it reminds me of Pellucidar, the uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs story, and even oh, some of the. Oh, I've never read that. Yeah, and even that some of the Khazar stories that Marvel did. Was that any uh, bit of inspiration for you when you wrote this?
1: Yeah, no. It was. It, it just. I mean, I wanted to play with certain archetypes of just having the the evil overlord and the scrappy rebels and everything. But I mean, that's present in so much of fiction. So there, I, I can't really cite any clear. Uh, one influence. It's really just kind of playing with genre archetypes and tropes uh, and, and trying to do our spin on them.
0: And it's fun. I mean, I like Game of Thrones. I just started watching it, believe it or not, I' mm-hmm. to get caught up. Yep. But it, this is not Game of Thrones. People are not going to be like, OK, who's this? Who's this? I mean, they'll be able to just like jump in there and say, OK, bad guys, good guys, rebels, you know, and and like you said, with Amelia, you have someone to connect with in this strange world. You have like a a representative to help you right. kind of fit into it and understand it. How involved is your editor? Frank
1: is uh he's pretty involved. He uh he is somebody that we in fact he gave me my first job on that what if many, many years ago. Uh and he used to work at, at Marvel in DC, and we re- remained friends. And I wanted an editor on this book, uh, partly to help with uh just just kind of traffic cop and and keeping the trains running on time, because between this and my other comic book work and my, my day job in television, it, it's a lot to juggle. Uh, and, and so he's been great on that front, but he's been really, uh, uh, really helpful just in, in shaping the stories as well. Uh, not so much pitching ideas, but I will send him my ideas, my outlines or breakdowns or whatever. And, and he can, you know, f- point out holes or weak spots and, you know, Oh, you know, what if you did this and save that for the next issue? And, you know that that sort of thing, and so he he it's it's he's been uh, uh, indispensable. is the word I'm looking for? He, he's great. We couldn't do it without him.
0: And I want to make sure I say his name right. And use his full name. It's Peterisi Frank Peterisi. Yep. Okay, good. Yep. So you've worked together before, and um, yes. was he the first person you pitched this idea to at Image, or is there somebody else? that heard about it? Uh, Well,
1: well, Frank doesn't work for image Frank is a uh, works for me, basically, he's a he's a freelance editor. uh, So he is he is unique to this book. Uh, So I pitched this right to images publisher to Eric Stevenson. uh, And, you know, we had the concept and I think the first five or six pages, and just sent it to him. And he said, Yeah, this looks awesome. Let's do it. Uh, And I've, I've, you know, we have a friend relation relationship. And, uh, kind of a shorthand, because I've been doing Books and Images for so long, and I've known Eric for many years, uh, so it, it was a pretty informal uh, pitch process, uh, but it was there was no hesitation on his part to, to dive in and do this.
0: Yeah, I was kind of wondering what the reaction would be, you know, using Amelia Earhart in the story. I didn't know how the publisher would react. I mean, I know they're very open. They're like, you know, hey, whatever, man. If it's a good story, do it. You know, there's really nothing to hold you back.
1: Yeah, and it's it's not presenting her in a negative light or anything. Oh, no, it's, no, no. It's, no. Uh, yeah, there was there was never any concern, really.
0: And how is it like working with Image on getting this book published for you versus like Marvel and DC?
1: Of course, you have a lot more latitude, but anything else that you really like about it? I mean, I, I really just like the freedom. It, it, it's There's no, you know, I own it uh, with uh, Sumaya, and we, you know, we have complete creative control over the whole thing. And, you know, if there's, there's already been, interest from movie producers and stuff and and that's stuff that we control and and can take these deals or not uh it's not something that image has a stake in uh and they've really you know i've been there long enough that i've seen image really grow and this is this book launch has been unlike any i've done there just because they have so many more people on staff now who are able to uh just specialize more instead of having just one person who handles marketing across the board. We have somebody who sets up interviews and somebody else who handles store appearances and there's just more hands on deck. And so people can get more specialized and, and really give you a lot more support, uh, than may have been there in the past. So it, it's been fantastic.
0: How much pressure and onus is on you to promote and market the book?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say there's pressure, but there is an expectation. Uh, I mean, image has never, uh, said like, oh, you need to do more. You guys need to, uh, you know, carry your weight or anything like that. But uh, it's just sort of, uh, I guess, understood that it's in our best interests to help promote the book, uh, to do what we can. So we're doing podcasts and doing print interviews and, you know, being active on social media. It's just, uh, we'd be fools not to, to. I mean, Image does have people who will send the book out for review and they'll tweet about it and stuff but you know yeah it's every little bit helps so you know we try to be as active as we can
0: now will you be going around doing any store appearances or any con appearances to help promote it
1: uh no con appearances planned at the moment and we don't have any store signings set up yet uh but i, I think i might do some local store appearances uh when the trade paperback comes out probably uh the timing didn't quite work out for the first issue but when we do our first trade uh, I think then we might do some, or at least I might do some, uh, I, I can't speak for anybody else.
0: I would imagine with your day job, it'd be very difficult to make appearances, especially a big one like San Diego, which would take out so much of your time.
1: Yeah. I mean, it actually, I'm, I'm on hiatus at the moment, so I actually could make it down there if I wanted to, but I've, I've kind of burned out on San Diego over the years. Oh, so, so you've been there several times. If I can, Oh you know, yeah, yeah. I used to go, I went, I forget how many times, but, uh. When I was starting out in the industry, I went every year for, I don't know, six or seven years probably. Uh, And it's been a while, Uh, but it's, I don't miss it. (laughs) It's not quite my, my favorite thing.
0: I've never been, um, what, what's the thing about it that you're just not that crazy about? Uh, I I
1: just don't like crowds. I don't like it taking me half an hour. Yeah. (laughs) I don't like it taking me half an hour to walk 30 yards, uh, and, and, uh, standing in line for everything, standing in line to get in, standing in line to get through a door. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, and, and for, from a creative standpoint, a lot of, uh, I I think a lot of the reasons that, that some certain creators go there or an incentive for them to go there is to take meetings and get their book in the, in front of Hollywood people. Uh, and I live in LA, so I don't necessarily have that, handicap i mean i i do that every day for a living uh so i don't i don't have that incentive and it it does you know i would like to interact with the fans more but it's it's just such a such a zoo again it's just a crowd uh that that i'm just not not crazy about
0: sure and i'm not knocking san diego but and if i could afford to go because i'm on the east coast um if i if i could afford to go and had the time to take off I too would not be too crazy about crowds and spending that much time trying to get through things to see people. Even New York, New York's closer to me. I could do it, but I'm still like, I don't know
1: the crowds. Uh, yeah, have you gone? Have you gone to New York at that convention ever?
0: I haven't ever, and it's it, but the timing's bad usually for me with work. I have other events. I can't get away that week, but I've been to smaller cons like Heroes Con, Baltimore, and there it's not hard to get in front of people and talk to them. It's very yeah. Yeah, very yeah, easy yeah, to great. get.
1: In. I haven't done Heroes, but I've done Baltimore and it was fantastic. And I, I did New York, I think two years ago was the most recently I've done that. And apparently that's as big as San Diego at this point or, or close to it. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty crowded as well. But it wasn't, it was manageable. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Uh, so may, may, maybe I'm mellowing in my own
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing I miss is the chance to meet creators who actually are overseas. Because if they do make it to one in the US, it's generally New York or San Diego. Otherwise, I'm not going to see them, at the smaller ones. But, you know, I yes, mean. this is true. Yeah, I do prefer the smaller ones personally. But there's nothing wrong with the other ones. If, if you're up for it and you got the oh, energy, yeah.
1: hey, man, totally. go for it. <laughs> totally. I have lots of friends who love it. So it's it's uh, it's my own thing. I don't expect everybody to agree with me.
0: Now, you mentioned a trade at some point
1: being collected of all the issues. How far out have you worked so far? We have the first four issues, which comprise the first arc, is completely drawn and colored at wow. this point. Wow. Uh, and then I have written issue five and it's being drawn as we speak. Issue one is out in August. So then issue two, September, three, October, four, November, and then we'll take December off. December will be down a month and then January will be our first trade.
0: So folks, don't wait for this to be a Christmas gift. Buy it every month.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes, please do. Please do. And, and know that it will come out every month, that we're far enough ahead. That's great. We've got a nice cushion and, uh. Yeah. So hopefully this won't suffer any delays.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I, I don't, have never heard of a book being ahead that far. <laughs> yeah. How far out do you, do you, have you plotted in your head? How far out do you think you can take the story?
1: Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to keep it kind of loose. I, I like to, to kind of feel my way through it. Uh, I have very loose kind of goalposts in my head, uh, of, of what things will happen where, uh, and I know we are committed as a team to do 12 issues, uh, and then at, at twelve, if if it's going strong and the audience is there and we're all still interested, we'll keep going. Uh, but at a minimum, we'll do twelve. Uh, so that that's the the immediate game plan. Okay.
0: And I was going to ask about back matter. Image often has some additional back matter essays or something in their books. Do you have any plans for something like that? Uh, we're saving a lot of that kind of stuff
1: for the trade. I oh, think. Okay. Uh, so that so that you know there's an incentive to to get the trade stuff that that you wouldn't be able to get uh, in the in the single issues uh we'll be running a letters page and, and we hope that, that people will write in and, and we can chat amongst ourselves on the letters page. But, uh, but we have no other plans for Back Matter at this time.
0: Okay. Well, that's cool, though, because I've said this before on the podcast. It's always nice to see a letters page. Yeah. And, and now you can just write an email still, save a stamp, but it's still nice to see it in print. So uh, what kind of feedback have you received so far from people that have seen the book?
1: Uh, it's been – very, uh, very positive. We've been very lucky and, and very fortunate, and, and and just delighted that the response has been really well. I mean, we we sent it to a number of reviewers, and those that feedback has started to trickle in, and, and we sent it to a number of peers as well, just just uh, other creators that we're friendly with uh, to get quotes and and that sort of thing. And uh, people seem to be responding to it, so I'm I'm hoping that that the general audience uh, feels the same way.
0: Now, you're well ahead on this book. Do you have any other comic book work in the works that you're thinking about, or is this solely, as far as comics go, your focus right now?
1: Uh, well, I'm doing this, and I'm also doing Copperhead, which comes out, uh, which is a monthly series as well. So those are, those are my two main focuses. I have a couple other side projects that I uh, can't really talk about yet, but but those are the two kind of ongoing series I'm doing at the moment.
0: Okay. Plus your television work.
1: Plus the TV stuff, Yes.
0: And uh, one that I wanted to bring up, my dog actually asked me to ask this question about your series. I'm kidding. Not um, your series. <laughs> I'm not that crazy. Um, <laughs> but You have a series that you've written for called Zoo on CBS. Yes. Tell yes. me a bit about that series. I thought that was intriguing. It kind of reminded me a bit of Animosity by Aftershock mm. without, the, without the talking animals. But, um,
1: yeah, tell me about
0: this pandemic
1: yeah, Zoo. Uh, it's in its third season now. Uh, it's based on a James Patterson novel, uh, and the novel was about uh, it, it's it's just sort of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, but across the entire animal kingdom, uh, all the animals start to rebel and attack humanity, and it's a uh, the show follows a group of uh, like kind of a ragtag team of heroes of scientists and adventurers who come together. To try to figure out what's happened to the animals and try to reverse it as opposed to the military who think that you know who just want to kill them and and fight you know fight back with force these guys are trying to find a a different solution to the problem a science-based solution so it's it's kind of an adventure uh you know epidemic outbreak kind of show uh and this season in our third season we've jumped 10 years ahead into the future uh, where the world is being ravaged by hybrid animals that are, have been created by science experiments gone wrong. So it it frees us up to have a lot more computer-generated, crazy-looking animals and uh, even more over-the-top action.
0: Now, do you have episodes that you're writing for this season coming out?
1: Uh, yes. I We have finished. The season's already been shot, uh, and we debuted a few weeks ago. I wrote episode three, which just aired Last week, uh, and I have written episodes seven and ten, uh, which will air in the coming weeks.
0: That's excellent. It's uh, great to see a show get renewed for a third season and go on air. That doesn't happen too often, you know. A lot of times, yeah, get out, it's a uh, tough, tough area to, to try to it get. It is out. very
1: tough. Most
0: shows get canceled. Yeah. Have you received any feedback from the fans? Any fan letters, uh,
1: comments about it? Uh, yeah, there's 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 a pretty a fairly active uh, following on Twitter of, of people who are fans of the specific actors or of the show itself. And, and yeah, they, they, they go along for our our, our nutty thrill ride. It's, it's, it's very nice.
0: <laughs> have you had a chance to actually be on the set?
1: Uh, yeah. The The last two years I've gone up to produce the episodes I wrote. Uh, so it's, it's been really great. We have a fantastic crew up in Vancouver, uh, and it's just been a, a tremendous experience.
0: Any other shows that you're working on currently?
1: Uh, just Zoo. Uh, and I mean, we're on hiatus at the moment, so I'm, I'm not working on that at the moment, just, uh, working on developing new ideas. Uh, but, but, uh, zoo is the only show I'm, I'm staffed on at the
0: moment. I just have some uh, fun questions for you. Sure. About rest and relaxation. And you're a fairly busy guy, you know, you're writing for Hollywood, you're, you're writing the comics, you've got two books going on. What do you like to do for rest and relaxation when you're just kicking back? If I'm just kicking back,
1: uh, I'm I, I love entertainment. I'm I'm a TV nerd. I'm a comic book nerd, so I'm always reading or watching. Um, my wife works in television as well, so we're a big TV family. Uh, you know, we have a, a a young son and a cat and a dog, so we we are homebodies as well. Just spend a lot of time with the family. Uh, I like to go for runs in the morning. That's very relaxing and helps uh, you know jumpstart my brain. Uh, so yeah, nothing, nothing too, uh, too, too out of the ordinary.
0: Okay. Well, that's, that's pretty good. I try to do the same thing in the morning as do a run. Um uh, I say try, you know, it's a little tough <laughs> out here on the East coast. It's, uh, ugh, you know, I'm in Delaware, so yeah. it's, it's like really yep. humid right now. So I stuck my head out the door and it's cloudy 75. And when I get back, I am soaked. You think I went for, a, you think I went for a swim? <laughs> yep.
1: yep. Is yeah, it a little... I grew up in Pennsylvania. I oh, that, mean. yes.
0: Yeah. You know what it's like. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and tv when you're all watching tv you know, your wife works in hollywood you work in hollywood do you watch things more critically Um uh, can you sit back and just enjoy the show do you kind of go hmm i would have done that differently <laughs>
1: it depends on the show uh i'm more critical than my wife is because i'm a writer and she's an executive uh so i have a, like for me the tipping point is Shows that are are being produced now that are that are are currently in production and are airing Those I tend to be more critical of I guess just because there's a chance I could work on them or I know people working on them uh, But shows that are older I'm much more forgiving for whatever reason uh, But but I'm still able to enjoy television for by and large What do you all like to follow on TV as a family? Uh, what are we watching now? Um we just finished Better Call Saul. Oh, that uh, was awesome. That was yeah, so good. Yeah, so good. So good. We're working our way through the third season of Broadchurch at the moment. Uh, we just finished Glow on, on uh, Netflix, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, uh, Master of None we're also watching on Netflix. That's great, too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: yeah. We watch a lot of the uh, same things.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, boy, what else? Oh, Game of Thrones, we just, you know, that just came back. So we're, we're there for that. We were late as well. We started it a couple of years ago uh, oh, and yeah. binged to get <laughs> caught up.
0: <laughs> we started two weeks ago and have been binging. Uh-huh. And now, we're now in season four about midway through.
1: Wow. So yeah, nice. we're,
0: we're got, like every night, two episodes, weekends, sometimes three a night, you know. So, and it's, it's so much fun. It's like, look, we don't have to wait.
1: <laughs> yep. It, it is nice. And it sucks then when you're caught up then you do have to wait. Oh yeah, like withdraw. Yeah, yep, yep.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you that hour goes by so fast. Oh yeah, like that's it. You know, I can't believe it was that. And that's how engaged you are, and Master Nun want a, a good laugh. That is just a, a great show. Uh, the, yeah,
1: absolutely. There
0: was the one about um, when he was trying to date people online and was meeting people. Yeah, that we thought that was one of the best ones yet when we saw that one. That was great.
1: Yeah, that awesome. was really good.
0: Okay, so you have, and that's we do the same thing. We kind of find things that we both want to watch together and say, yeah, let's go. We, we can both agree upon this. Let's, let's watch it, and then we can talk about it. Um, now, this other question is hypothetical. Okay. You're stuck on a deserted island. There's no power, no cell phone, no TV, not a single luxury. You have one book to read, or it can be a set of books if they're part of the same collection. What
1: would hmm. that book be? Boy. Well, if they're part of the same collection, that, that's—I I don't know how strict, uh, you, you, like how, how strict a collection is. Well, I mean, like I, if I'm, it's,
0: I'm, I'll say like if it's Harry Potter, it's the Harry Potter series, but it can't be like a collection like your bookcase, right?
1: right, Your right, entire bookcase. Well, I, I would, I would <laughs> take, I would take probably uh, the Robert Craze, uh, Elvis Cole detective novels. I think would be my my pick if you put a gun to my head. Uh, I just think he's a great writer and, and to watch his evolution from where he started as a kind of a Robert Parker clone wannabe to he really grew as a writer uh, over the course of the books and, and the, the current stuff he's doing is just just tremendous detective stories.
0: I haven't read them myself, but it sounds sounds pretty good. They're they're really good. So you like detective stories? Is that the the genre that you gravitate towards?
1: Yeah, and it, it is. If, if I had to pick a favorite genre, it would be kind of mystery slash crime genre mm-hmm. for sure.
0: Yeah, I I do watch some of those too. Um, I I'm glad to see that they're running the old Columbo's on TV again.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's I, some good classic stuff. I remember
0: when I was a kid and I knew nothing about this stuff. I was like, wow, that guy is really forgetful. Oh, one more thing.
1: I mean, what? <laughs> and then I get
0: old. I'm like, ah, he's messing with them. He knows. Yep, he's, yep, yeah, yeah. So I was yes. like boy <laughs> that went over my hip when I was five, but you know still it's it's a it it holds up It is it is so well written and I, I still enjoy watching those they're great, especially seeing some of those older actors back in the day Going, oh, oh, oh yeah, guys, yeah, oh, yeah the, sure. the, you know it's I think Shatner was yep. in
1: there, and it's just oh yeah, great stuff, great stuff
0: um final question under rest and relaxation, what is your beverage of choice
1: ah uh, boy, um I think when I want to unwind at night, I have uh, uh, makers and ginger is my uh, my beverage of choice. Just makers, makers mark and ginger ale. Okay, hmm. it's uh, it's 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 what goes down easy for me.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that's smart because I like to drink wine usually, and we both like red wine. And the problem is when you spill it, you know, it makes a mess. But hey, you don't have to worry <laughs> about that. Just a uh, you know paper towel. That's you're true. good. <laughs> yep, this is true. <laughs> Anything else you want to share about the book that our listeners should know? Why they should pick it out with all the books on the market, as good as they may be, how can they uh, be convinced to shell out their three ninety nine? Is it three ninety nine or four ninety nine? I think it's
1: f- it's three ninety
0: nine. Okay, good.
1: All right, three ninety nine. Uh, I, I would just say that it's it's a book that uh, has adventure and drama and heart, and it's also a book that is uh, accessible for younger readers uh not not little kids but but younger readers who like adventure uh so if if you're an older fan and you have kids you know 10 11 12 whatever this is a book that you guys can enjoy together uh and I think Amelia Earhart's just a fascinating person and she makes a great fantasy heroine
0: they make a good point there because there aren't a great deal of books for kids to get into or young kids I mean they do have the the kid-level books for young young kids, teens, that'll usually be in a separate section in your comic book shop, all grouped together. Right. Um, but this is one that would be easy enough to read for, you know, a young teen, preteen. Um, and,
1: and it wasn't really, it's not something we set out to do, honestly. It came about kind of organically, that when I sent the first issue to some colleagues, a couple of them who have kids came back and said, you know, this is really great. You know, this is something that my kids would like, too, is that, you know, will the series going forward be appropriate for them? And I was like, well, I never hadn't really thought about it in that way. But, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense why uh, if it doesn't compromise the story we want to tell, which it doesn't, uh, why not make it a little more inclusive? Uh,
0: that's a good way to phrase it. It's inclusive. It's not something I was like, oh, this is written for a younger reader or, you know, it's just I can see how you could simply pass it along to your child. I don't even know how old your child is. It, does he read comics? Is he old enough to do Uh that? no,
1: he's literally about to turn, he, he literally turns 1 on the day elsewhere comes out. Wow. So he's very little.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I have uh 3 kids and two are very young. One's 5 and one is turning 1 in August. Okay. Now the older one does read comic books with some help. He's just now starting to learn how to read, which is fun. Because nice. it's nice to Great. see him like I'm showing him the cover to a comic book. I'm like, What's that word? You know <laughs> he's like, Oh and he can read it. I I oh, still yeah, think yeah. they're I think they're a little much for him right now in terms of the the density. I mean it's nothing big, but I try to find like, you know, other superhero books that are um, you know, for kids, but uh,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: But yeah, he likes him. He's all about the Black Panther. He wants to be the Black Panther ah, this Halloween. Oh, that's
1: cool. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah, yeah.
0: My wife said, Do you think people will know who that is? I'm like, Come on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the Avengers <laughs> they, they movies? They come on. If come they on. don't know. They, they will, will.
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jay, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And I urge folks to pick up the comic. You're going to really like it. It is a lot of fun. It's bright. It's nice to see that. It's like a breath of fresh air, but it's an action-adventure story, and you will be pleasantly surprised. Uh, Jay, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay, and that wraps up my episode with Jay Farber. Check out Elsewhere, available on August 2nd, published by Image Comics. And, hey, don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and now it's on Podbean. So if you've been listening through SoundCloud, that'll be going away at the end of the month on July 31st. Make sure that you switch over to Podbean if you're using that to listen to your podcasts. But, as always, it will be there on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, none of the episodes have gone away. They're all still there and they will all be on Podbean. If you want to send me any feedback, please contact me through social media at Creator Talks Pod, that's at Creator Talks Pod on Facebook and Twitter, or you may contact me by email through my website, creatortalks.com, that's creatortalks.com. There, I also have a playlist, so you can listen to the current episode, download it, or listen to any of my other episodes or download them right from the website. If you choose not to use iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher or Podbean, but whatever you do, make sure you subscribe. It is free. Don't miss a single episode because I have some great guests coming up. I was going to cut back to one episode a week, and it looks like might be two again because well, I just have a lot of people that want to talk to me about their projects, so I might be doubling up again. But. The regular date is always on Thursday, and there may be an extra podcast here and there. And I also have my recommended reading going up about once a week on the website, and I'll be putting that out through social media, so look for that. Plus, I'll be posting on weekends my Silver Age and Bronze Age Spotlight comics on social media. Fear not, I'm not slowing down. I'm just getting started. For Creator Talks, I'm Christopher Calloway. Until next time.